got that nerd rage. Nerd rage. I got that nerd rage. Nerd rage. From comics and games to movies and TV, this is the Nerd Show on 1310 KFKA. Now, here are the nerds. Hello, nerdians. You're listening to The Nerd Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Here in the Aloe Fiber Studios, Darth Monger is out this week, but instead we have Emilio. Thanks, Darth. Oops. Darth what? Oh, that that was for Swader. Sorry. Pressed Uh, the wrong button. This is for Emilio. Darth Emilio. Thanks for having me back. That's something. <laughs> that is something. Yeah, you you were out when Emilio was in last time, weren't you? Yes, I was. I don't know if we've done a show other than that time I abandoned you on set. <laughs> <laughs> Can't was, top that. I was actually. thinking about it this morning. I was like, oh, Emilio's on this show. This is great. Go, oh, gosh, I remember last time we were at the old studio sitting down to do a live show, and (laughs) you thought it was a prank. I still think it was a prank. (laughs) (laughs) And And he'll never forgive you. I'm kind of guarding the door. It's like, okay, if he bolts one more time, yeah, I'm going to tackle him. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) You know what? Hang on. Let me get my phone. I'm going to call someone and see if I can get Nick to to get called out. I'm going to see what happens. No, eh, I'll put my phone on on uh, silent. Uh, well, it's great to have you on. We appreciate your insights. You do bring. Uh, you were there when we were at Scott Magerflesh's Darth Monger's house for the uh, premiere of Ahsoka. Lots of fun. Great show. It, yeah, absolutely. And then you didn't respond to my text last week to come over to my house. So um, <laughs> I'd like to get to that story. <laughs> was it something I did? Was it something I said? Yeah. No, I obviously missed that. Oh, so, all right. Know. Well, I didn't want to sound desperate. That's hey, not you, what you told me. Did you get my text? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Are you coming? No, I didn't know that was confirmed. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's Nick Kenny speak for it's on. Like I'm considering maybe possibly having some folks over. You know, I did get a comment from um, my lady friend about that. You just, I just like kind very, of say things, and it's not really a direct invitation, probably because I don't like getting rejected. and uh, Like noncommittal? Yeah. So you didn't invite me, so I didn't reject you. <laughs> it, you know, well, it came, it came together. And, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, last week, and we went live a couple times uh, for the Ahsoka show, both uh, Monger and I. Saw that. And uh, Scott had predicted that we would see Grand Admiral Thrawn last week, and we didn't. Scott's done making predictions. He was a little upset, but I think with that episode, I've had some online back and forth with some fans of the Nerd Show of, I think, with the, with that episode, adding Thrawn in right at the tail end would have been a disservice to that episode and especially Hayden Christensen's performance and some of that film editing from Dave Filoni. I mean, that scene, that flash, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, that was great. That yeah. was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah, just the lightsaber battles have been phenomenal, right? They've just they keep getting better over time. But I, for the longest time, thought, okay, Phantom Menace, that's some, of, yeah, that's as good as it gets, right? And he choreo, he was the choreographer for his own fight scenes, Darth Maul, mm-hmm. um, and just amazing, right? And so different than you know the original films, and just that slow pace, and things have changed so much with film and martial arts and. 
you know, just cuts and edits and everything else. But no, this was fantastic. Well, we I got mean, last couple episodes, just amazing. And and uh, with this latest series of Ahsoka, there are a lot of fans who are just confused because they haven't seen either the Clone Wars or Rebels or all the key episodes they have to, um, you know, from, well, wait, Anakin had a Padawan to... I mean, we have that. We've had that teased, or you know, at least in live action for a while now. But finally confirmed. Finally confirming Kane and Jarrus, um, and everyone you know from the Rebels series in live action now. Um, but with who Grand Admiral Thrawn is, with the Purgle, with you know the this world between worlds, which is not time travel, but has played a big key factor in um, some of the main Rebels episodes where Ahsoka's been a part of. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of head scratching, but as far as, I mean, you haven't seen all of Rebels. Or... I haven't. So from your perspective, Emilio, what is what are you feeling as this Star Wars series without having seen Rebels and a lot of that being kind of, well, really new to you? Yeah, well, I, I did know that she was his Padawan, so I, I just had picked that up. Maybe I'd seen an episode or or, or something of the, of the sort. I was curious... I was curious because of the age that he comes back in, and that's, you know, it seems like that's his current age now, right? He's coming back to the show. He's an actor. In The Mandalorian, where you get Luke, they have a young Luke Skywalker. So that just made me think for a second, like, he's not the old, just got killed Darth Vader Mm -hmm. that you see, you know, and basically at the end of, what, Return of the Jedi. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, I didn't, it didn't, I couldn't connect the dots on where is she? What what is he doing there? I thought it was super cool, right? And I enjoyed it, and and I knew there was that relationship. And obviously, you know, he's testing her, putting her through a trial, or or she's imagining the whole thing. For all I know, uh, just without having any of the backstory of of the show. But nothing was more confusing than the the whales the, the and the hyper whales? hyperspace whales. Well, I didn't understand that. That's how Ezra uh, saved Lothal at the end of Rebels. Um, these Purgle, which are hyperspace navigating creatures from galaxy to galaxy um you know he he can commune with the force two animals and he got them kind of intertwined with the star destroyer and they took off and that's why thrawn and ezra are gone that's why they're on this hunt with the world between worlds um it was strange because i've watched you know some really you know nitpicky just analysis of the episode and there's supposed to be you know portals everywhere to go back and forth in these spaces in in I don't want to say time because it's not that, but just it's it, it's a strange form of time travel that Dave Filoni says is not time travel. Um, so when it comes down to, well, is is she actually in the world between worlds or is she kind of imagining this? And uh, all season long, I've kind of been – she hasn't been Ahsoka. She hasn't been that that charismatic, upbeat, snippy – you know, it's your name, Snips, nickname from Anakin – um, character that she had been in, in Clone Wars and not necessarily in Rebels. But she kind of comes back at the end of this episode as like a transformative Gandalf the White. I mean, she is back in, in white and had that, uh, you know, trials that she never had as a Jedi. So I think we finally have Ahsoka as a Jedi, having gone through either this hallucination or actually being there with, with Anakin to maybe overcome the guilt that she had left the Jedi Order and couldn't save Anakin. And there is a duel that they have in Rebels where she almost beats him, cuts off half his uh, half his mask and sees it's Anakin. Just in the, in the same way that Obi-Wan did in the Obi-Wan series, he cut off the other side of the mask and then I think fully realized that 
Vader was Anakin, you know. Um, so I mean, there's, there's a lot of parallels between Rebels and the Obi-Wan series and then now here in Ahsoka that I just give so much credit for the writers to bring that all together. But it can be confusing if you haven't seen them. Yeah, well, and and I think they're doing a good job of both. The whales it, it being maybe the exception, and I think that would be one part where I think some average viewers that kind of like Star Wars have seen the films may just say, like, what the heck was that? And and I'm kind of in that camp. Like, Well, okay. we can go back to episode five. What was that giant slug doing in the middle of an asteroid? Yeah. Ewoks. Yeah. No, There's no that's reason true. That's a, a stone could kill. I'm just, no. I'm, but I do Ewoks. think they're doing a good job of just the the pace, the action, the it feels like Star Wars, the lightsaber battles, the storyline. All of it's enjoyable. I'm not to the point watching it where I'm like so confused I don't understand like anything that's going on. And there's not too many characters. I do one. I I have wondered like who are these Sith and are they in Rebels or are they just brand new characters? Do we not know anything about them? Are we you know just learning who they are or what? And and the witch. I wasn't sure. Like is that something that's a thing? Yeah, <laughs> that, that witchcraft that stuff is really dumb. That's from Clone Wars and from Rebels and okay. and. Um, Darth Maul was from Dathomir, and these these um, um, Night Sisters are from Dathomir. So you do have to. And a lot, some Clone Wars episodes are really fluff and not great, but there is some really good content and really good stories there. General Grievous is sent by Palpatine to slaughter the Night Sisters. Um, he you know kills them all, so only a few are remaining. But one was introduced in one of the Jedi Order games that have come out, and then we have Morgan. So we have Merak that um, you know we thought was a Sith Inquisitor for a bit, but he, um, the Night Sisters could actually pump this green life, like zombie-like thing, into these creatures and and kind of wield the Force through them. And we kind of get that exposure to when he died in the last episode, and you see that green mist kind of fade away. That's Dathomirian magic, and I, you know, those theories that they came from a distant galaxy, which we might be introduced to as early as this next episode, which is aired yesterday, but we record on Monday, so haven't seen that yet. But there's a lot of the Star Wars canon that hasn't been in live action that is, I think, a lot for folks. But Dave Filoni is just, I mean, IMDb had a 9.5 out of 10 rating for this last episode. Hayden Christensen is finally getting the love uh, after 20-some years of portraying Anakin Skywalker in, a, in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And it's because he's not talking about space pairs or sand. That's, I mean, that's fair. And having this really weird love angst and stuff. But I, that chemistry they had together. Yeah, he's not. Um, <laughs> he's had time to mature. <laughs> but we had, I mean, a lot of moments there. And we'll, we'll talk about this again uh, in the next segment further, but also get the other nerdy stuff as the show goes on. But, you know, his his flash from Anakin to Vader. I mean, that one flash in when he's walking away on that... Uh, um, I can't remember what battle it was. It wasn't Geonosis, but it was the kickoff of the Clone Wars. I mean, it was just stunning. That was one of the coolest shots in TV I've seen in a long time. We'll talk more about Ahsoka and some of our predictions uh, when we come back after this break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Nerd Show here with Emilio, guest uh, featured here for for, for Scott. Um, yeah, we're talking the latest episode of Ahsoka, nine point five out of ten rating for IMDb. If you heard last week's show, we will not use Rotten Tomatoes. 
statistics because they are rotten. Right, Micah? Yes, yes, they're kind of rotten. Didn't they try to fix some of this where you couldn't tank a film or or show before it came out because no one had seen it, but people were able to vote? Well, it's, so they it's, were just voting basically either out of anger or politics or whatever? Well, Variety did a, a study and found out that at least one company was paying some people to give it a lot of stars, like high stars on Rotten Tomatoes, but they could say whatever they wanted on their website, but on Rotten Tomatoes, they had to give it a fresh rating. That was really messing with the score. Just so rubbish. All right, this is yeah. why I listen to the Nerd Show. We'll give it a stamp of approval or not. That's as simple as you go. Yeah, yeah. I also, anyway, so we're back to Ahsoka. I loved the episode. I loved if they were her trials, if it was just kind of her hallucinating or something. Um, loved seeing Hayden back in that role, his flashes back and forth from the dark side. Um, when they did have that second battle, and uh, the Ahsoka was the same as the young Gamora actress in um, in uh, Infinity And War. I was wondering, because I'm like, she looks so familiar. What is What else yeah. is she in? What would she look like if she were wearing green instead of like, <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. It's a, um, but that was... Really neat, and and to see um, Ahsoka was fighting during the siege of Mandalore, so that's why she's fighting. And we see these um, Mandalorians who followed Darth Maul, which is why they have their horns on their head. They're um, part of Death Watch, I think, too. Um, you know, he wasn't a part of that battle. She had left the Jedi Order, and and him at that point. But you saw the five hundred and first. You saw Captain Rex for the first time in live action with his dual pistols. And we've got Phase 1 clone armor, which we have not seen in live action before. Everything in Episode 2 was CGI. And it was really hard for cosplayers to recreate that because it didn't actually have the proper dimensions of a human in the head and the helmet and everything. So to see that live, Phase 1 armor was, I mean, me as the nerd is just gobbled that up um but adnica wasn't there and he's like, i don't i don't recognize this this battle well you weren't here this is the siege of mandalore which we hear about in the book of boba fett um and in sorry in mandalorian as well but just piecing that all together trying to connect a lot of these cartoon series that we haven't not everyone has seen um to bring that into this mandoverse is what they're calling it is is coming across phenomenally it's a challenge for a lot of these franchises right because you have the book series and then you have the animated series and you have the films and you know what's you know what is actually a part of canon right and and what's what's the lore and and so yeah to pull it together and and pull anything to live action is a feat um just like it's a challenge to bring things from from book to life right you were mentioning the the Sith and who they are. I don't necessarily know if they are Sith uh, or Dark Jedi. Um, I think or Gray Jedi. Balin's skull. I just assume there's two of them, right? So it just might not. Right. I naturally assume. But. There are rumors that uh, the blonde could be Omega from Bad Batch. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just interesting to hear some speculations. But she Balin, doesn't have the accent. No, Balin was was a Jedi, uh, but he also knew that what Anakin had become. He said that early on which I think is just awesome. So how did he know that Anakin became Darth Vader? Hmm. And, you know, he seems he doesn't want to hunt down Jedi. He seemed almost disappointed when he was instructed to hunt down and, and to kill Ahsoka. It's like, what a waste that is. Um, 
I yeah, a little know, conflicted, right? I don't know what they're after, and I kind of like that. It's it's this is different than a good versus evil. Ahsoka hasn't been good. She tortured Morgan and hinted that she didn't do Jedi ethical ways of getting information from her. Um, that kind of frowned upon for Jedi. And then you have this where they're evil, but they're not out to kill the Jedi. I mean, they're out for for what? I mean, he says power. What kind of power? Because the Sith have always been after power, but he doesn't seem that malicious evil. So why is Thrawn such a big deal? I've read a couple of the Thrawn books, just kind of his origin story, and I, I'm obviously missing something in some episode, or maybe it comes from Rebels. You know, I understand, like, he's cold, he's calculated, he's brilliant, he's methodical, he's a great, I'm assuming, general, uh, admiral, whatever, you know, rank. But, yeah, why is it such a big deal that they're going to risk so much and they need to travel all the way across galaxies to to stop him or find him? I think some of it is personal with them wanting to find Ezra. But when Thrawn was first introduced in the 90s in the Timothy Zahn novels, they were, I mean, he was just an epic villain. Just how he was portrayed as a brilliant military tactician, um, a strategist. He, I mean, he was just I, I, an awesome character that we never got to see in live action. And fans thought after episode six we'd get that trilogy as kind of the next film series. We didn't get that. And then they scrapped that, that canonization of those novels. Since then, Timothy Zahn has rewritten Thrawn's origin story, which are were pretty good. I mean, he is... He came, he, there's a threat in the Outer Rim. He's a part of this this ascendancy, the Chiss ascendancy. He comes into the Empire. He's probably smarter than any other military presence in the Empire. And Rises through was the ranks recruited and all by Thrawn. Yes, the only mm-hmm. non-human admiral or grand admiral there ever was. Um, but also knew that he was using the Emperor just as much as the Emperor was using him for his military genius. Um, because he knew there are threats in the unknown regions of the galaxy that would dominate the Empire and the Rebellion. It didn't matter who was fighting who. That's why he was kind of deployed to the known regions um, and became a you know a, a strong source of leadership for, for the Emperor. In Rebels, he was the main antagonist, and it was great to see him. He's actually portrayed by the same one who voiced Thrawn in Rebels. Um, and I can't, I'm spacing on the name right now, but his brother played... Uh, Krennic, I think. No, not Krennic. He played uh, Mickelson. Mads? This isn't Mads. This is another Mickelson. Anyway, um, I, I fans are just excited to see. I mean, this has been 30 years since we were introduced to Grand Admiral Thrawn. We've never seen him in live action. He's one of the biggest baddies that's existed in, in you know, the novels as far as he could wreak havoc and, and wipe out if he had the fleet and the resources, um, the Empire or the Rebellion, or now the the, the New Republic, and then, no use of the Force, no, just pure, he's, yeah, and he, he's and he's just as a big brain. Well, and he studies art and culture of worlds, and that helps him to understand how they fight wars and fight in battles. The curious thing is, he never really won in Rebels. He went up against. Um, Governor Tarkin for funding for his Tide Defender project. He went up against uh, Krennic at one point in the novels. He actually worked with Vader when he was Anakin, when Anakin had to go rescue Padme in one of these novels. But the curious thing is, he's not mentioned in Episode 7, so we have this story that's going to focus around Grand Admiral Thrawn, 
but we know he's not successful because he's not anywhere in 7, 8, and 9. Let me ask something about that Anakin, Darth Vader. Does Darth Vader not have recollection of himself as Anakin? It seems like when I was reading Thrawn, it was odd because they met later and worked together or whatever when he was Darth Vader. They also worked when he was uh, just a Jedi, too. And so, yeah, he... Anakin knew Thrawn, and they separate mm-hmm. that, right? So, it's, so it, it, Thrawn is one of the only ones who knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. Yeah, I think um, anyone in the in the galaxy at that point, once Anakin becomes Darth Vader, you have Balin Skull, but, but he doesn't acknowledge he was, that. It's, right? It's well, at least not as far as I read in right. that novel. It, it doesn't get acknowledged, so it's just something we don't talk about. But Darth Vader is fully aware of all of his past and all of that. He I think so. All yes. It. Just it's weird. It, is, it doesn't seem like they connect the dots on that entirely. He kind of just erases that part of his life from his memory. I think. I mean, when he tells Obi Wan that I killed Anakin Skywalker, he's gone. I think all those memories, he's trying to erase those memories, too. Same with, uh, he has that same conversation with Ahsoka of, Anakin Skywalker is dead and I killed him. Well, no, he's still Anakin Skywalker, but he is, I mean, it's just a past that he's sure. unwilling to talk about or um, even acknowledge. Hmm. But Thrawn knows that, and I think he could use that to his advantage, but I, I, I don't know. I we. I don't want to guess that we're going to see in this episode because look what happened to Scott last week. 100% certainty and boom, no Thrawn. And even after having read all these novels and watched all of the animated series still, there's a lot of not loose ends, but you don't you don't know what's coming. Well, and if he brings his Chiss, I mean, that that is a military force as well. And his military genius um, and the Chiss don't – they didn't have hyperspace. They had to use force-sensitive people to, um, to, to guide them through – hyperspace lanes, similar to the Purgle, like navigating that way that were in attuned with the Force and could, could uh, you know, get there. It's not necessarily greatly explained, you know, hmm. in this series, but we're getting there. Nick, yeah. I, have, I have a quick question before we go to break. So you, you mentioned a lot of the books that were decanonized. There were also some books that, you know, exist now. Um, that have changed his origin story. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer the the current canon, or do you prefer the books that were thrown out? I think. Aha! You don't even want my opinion. You just wanted that question. Oh yeah. I'm very excited about that one. I loved the original novelization. I mean, they were fantastic. They had Luke and Leia and Han, and I mean, it was incredible. But I like the new origin, too, because now it fits and we still get Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I think we're going to get him this week. Maybe. But not predicting. No, I'm not predicting anything. Stay tuned for more of the Nerd Show. we got other nerdy things to talk about. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to the Nerd Show here, one hundred three point one and thirteen ten KFKA in the Aloe Fibers Studios. We were getting a little off topic on break, so I guess it had nothing to do with the show. Um, but let's go through some really quick nerd updates and then uh, dig in a little bit to um, to a movie part two that's coming out in just a few months. That I think all we have right now is a teaser trailer for. I could be wrong, but I don't. I have not seen much. 
Yeah, just a teaser trailer. I know they postponed it just a little bit. We're talking Dune, Dune here, Dune 2. Dune. Uh, but y'all had some nerdy announcements um, before we get into a Dune discussion. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, if you all have seen that film, fantastic yes. animated film, is going to be live in concert at the Paramount Theater in November. And, and in addition to having an orchestra, they're also going to have a scratch DJ. And, wow. And if you've seen it and, and heard the soundtrack, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah. That's and going it, to be a pretty cool event. Yeah, the soundtrack is so complicated. It's not just regular orchestra. As you said, it's Scratch DJ. I forget who does it. went all out, and it's everybody has their own little themes, and you know, it's, it combines orchestra with hip-hop, and it's a beautiful soundtrack, and I really enjoy it. And some of the bumpers that I play, uh, I think I played one last week or the week before was from Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and some of the hip-hop songs in there are mashups of multiple hip-hop songs and, yeah. and other songs. It, it, yeah, it's just a great film. And so, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go see it. If you've seen it and uh, and you probably enjoyed it, then, yeah, live in concert. Those are always fun events. And I, at one point, was flirting with the idea of seeing Ramin Javadi play um, his music from uh, Game of Thrones live, but... Tickets were so expensive, and they were say, almost sold out. And uh, as a former CEO of a professional orchestra, if you have music that you love that's connected to – and for me, I love film scores um, – to a film or a TV series or something, it is on a whole other level when you can hear it live. My brother and my nephew went and saw The Empire Strikes Back with an orchestra this past weekend, and I haven't even seen any Star Wars with a full orchestra. You know, I, I've seen Jurassic Park. I've seen Harry Potter. I've seen Elf. It does something to you when you are in a live acoustical presence of a full orchestra while watching one of your favorite films or, or series or franchises. I mean, it just elevates that to, to beyond words. So – and I keep going back and forth on film, and I, I'm a my undergrad was in filmmaking. I love film, and I love going to the movies, so I'm super biased. But every once in a while, I think, gosh, you know, we got these nice big TVs in our homes now, and you can get them super cheap on Amazon, and we got the surround sound system or the sound bars. They produce pretty darn good quality, right? That's not the same viewing experience I had growing up. But there just is nothing like going to see a film in the movies. And, oh yeah, well, um, and got to see the seventy millimeter of Oppenheimer, you know, the oh, recently, gosh. and uh, it was it was nerve wracking, and it was just a great experience. And then I really would have missed something if I had waited for it to come out on streaming. It just it wouldn't have been the same. That's what I did with Dune. I watched it streaming, and I regret that. Yeah, me too. I think uh, you know. I wonder if they're going to release that first movie. Maybe a, a couple of weeks before the second one comes out just to, one, build up some hype because I – like you, Micah, I didn't watch that in theaters and I wish I had because the soundtrack is phenomenal. And I have surround sound in my basement, but it's baby surround sound compared to what you can you know, immerse yourself in in a, in a theater. Um, I have a computer and big speakers and that's all I have. Well, Dune is coming up. I believe the release is in November. Um and we have Loki Part 2 coming out shortly. Speaking of creative music, that is some wacky stuff. Uh, I don't remember the gal who did it, but I think she did does an amazing job on it. And I, I don't – I just don't recall her name, but 
the opening is just appropriate for how weird the show is. And she uses uh, – Nick, do you remember the name of that instrument? It uses an electrical field and you just is it move the your hands. The, that might that was be the it. original Star Trek. Yeah, it's, it's really wacky. It's such a wacky soundtrack, but it just works. And it makes the show even weirder than it already is. Well, I really enjoyed Loki, and I'm looking forward to it again. I do wonder how they're going to tie all of this together. And, and at some point, I feel like I'm watching some of these series and some of these films just to keep going, you know, hoping they pull it together at some point into some infinity saga. But but I do wonder, because they've had all of these different shows, and, and, the, and all of them kind of in a bubble have been good enough. But, you know, I'm just trying to... Except for the latest one. Well, I, I you know, I've been a critic of the She-Hulk and the the Marvel one and Secret I haven't even seen Secret Invasion. You don't need to, it's dumb. But you know, I think the first couple series after Endgame were really good. I, I enjoyed I loved WandaVision. I liked um Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I really liked Loki. And then it just felt like we got derailed. Moon Knight was okay. It was a interesting story but I, I it it didn't seem it didn't seem marvel MCU. yeah you're right it didn't seem mcu it, even though it was it was good it could have just been its own storyline and not connected at all and i would have enjoyed it i i don't know if i would have watched it i don't know if i would have found it because it was marvel mm-hmm. it's like okay what's the next marvel show coming up okay it's this one well now but, we're going to go back to i mean loki with I, I I don't know where we are on the timeline. I'm kind of frustrated by this. We have all these, well, to me, not enjoyable shows that don't seem to be pushing the storyline forward. There's no big baddie. We get a little, you know, it's supposed to be Kang, but what's you know what what's going on with that actor? What's the what's Disney going to do with him? Did they just greenlight everything after they started making a billion dollars per picture? Did all of were all of these just floating out there? And they said, hey, you know, anything Marvel we throw out there, people are going to tune in. And I mean, if this is the best they have, imagine what's on the bottom of their list. <laughs> the cutting room floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that pilot was awful. <laughs> but but they're not bad shows, and and I've enjoyed a couple of those that you mentioned that. Uh, you said, okay, well, they were terrible or they were awful. I, I still – I mean it's better than a, some of the other shows and series that are yeah. out there. They're not up to my expectations of you know all of that lead up and build up all the way to Endgame was just uh, I fa- mean, I, phenomenal. I, but we, we're not going to get that again, I don't think. We're uh, getting that right now in the Star Wars universe with these live action shows that will culminate in a in – the, they're calling it the Mandoverse – in a movie. That Dave Filoni and John Favreau were working on. So all these pieces from Ahsoka, from Book of Boba Fett, from Mandalorian will come together and in a movie, which is probably the smart way to go after doing 12 years of feature films, introducing all these characters, instead do four, five, six years of TV series and bring it to a movie. I think Marvel's just uh, tapped out its resources and I, I don't know, I think a lot weighs on Loki and have they done some rewriting? Had they, you know, with this pause that they've had since season one, um, try to retcon some things to maybe bring this all together again? They're obviously thinking it, right? We've been talking about this, and we're not the only ones who have said, where is Marvel going? What are they doing? So, yeah, obviously they're they're continually analyzing that and figuring out how to balance it. Uh, they're still doing better than DC. So, I mean, there's that. 
and they're but doing, DC has a ten year. That's plan. how they end every meeting each morning when they're bouncing well, ideas. We're not DC. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone see Blue Beetle? Yeah. <laughs> when when in doubt, is, is so Blue Beetle is still a part of the old regime, right? I, I believe it's called Dung Beetle now. The average the, the average viewer though doesn't care, right? You know, at some point you get exhausted. Like, how many Batman's are there? Like, we don't like. <laughs> there's we have the ta- good one. Then there's the bad one. <laughs> then there's the bad one. Then there's the good one. Yeah. And then there's another good one. Sp- Spider Man somehow has pulled it off, but they've been good films because there was that Spider Man exhaustion for a little bit there too, where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, a new one. I got to start o- another origin story. Oh, I guess yeah. we're doing this. Yeah. Now you you mentioned Spider Man. Into the Spider Verse is my favorite Spider Man, and the animation was great. Now I'm I mentioned animation because Marvel Studios, their animators have now not animators, their CGI people, uh, special effects artists have voted unanimously. To unionize, and they've been complaining for years about working conditions and timelines, and so now that there's not only a writer strike, now you've got another union for Disney Marvel to deal with. So maybe they should do a better job handling things, and the next time they reboot, they space things out better. Yeah, well, we all want fresh content, but maybe it'd be all right if they pumped the brakes for a little bit. You know who hasn't rebooted Star Wars, even though they probably ought Should. to with the last, <laughs> last sequel trilogy, but eh, they're still trucking. Stay tuned. More of the Nerd Show is coming at you. We'll be right back after this break. Nick, you said that uh, Star Wars was trucking along, but are they trucking or are they space trucking? They're they're, they're whaling it. (laughs) They're whaling it. Maybe I should play some Waylon Jennings going out. (laughs) Okay, enough of that. Hit the hyperdrive, Whaley. Oh, gosh. You know, of all the strange things in Star Wars, you know, uh, I was talking the other day to someone Episode six would not hold up if it were released now. People would have an issue with the Ewoks. Yeah, they would absolutely. Well, the, the, is it the Porgs that got so much animosity? Oh, yes. You you know why they did that though, right? Uh, Toys merchandising. No, there were <laughs> where they were filming. There was so many birds that lived on that island that they could not get rid of them, and it would have been too expensive to CGI them gone. So they just converted them to Porgs. You're kidding? No. That's how the Porg came to be. <laughs> wow. Yep. Fun fact. That It is a fun fact. Uh, sounds that's like that's a... why you should tune into the Nerd Show. <laughs> exactly. You'll learn something new. It sounds like those uh, those guys were coming up with a Porg excuse to do some work. They're this great. It's like, I can't get rid of them. What do you want yeah. me to do? Leave them in. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Roast one of them. And, and that's what he... Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was considered. Uh, no, they did because Chewbacca sure. was eating one of them, and oh, then he got no. guilt tripped I mean, into not actually, that. Yeah. I mean, actually, in real life, <laughs> possibly too. Uh, anyhow, um, we have Disney Park updates. Emilio has from Animal Kingdom pseudo update. So they actually had their D23, and they released like, okay, what's coming up with the parks? 
a lot of Disney fans and park goers tune in just to see what changes are coming up, any new news. And they announced that they're going to change one of the areas of Animal Kingdom. And it's, and they kind of announced – and they, they I don't know if they have ever done this before. They announced that they're maybe thinking about kind of changing it into potentially Indiana Jones. And I thought that's very interesting that they would even come out and release that to the public because they know – People attend these and they're, they're watching carefully to see what's coming up with the parks. But I do wonder, is it because the film kind of bombed? Did they have this teed up and they were thinking of moving forward with it? Is it because there's been a change of regime at Disney? But anyway, just thought that was interesting and in the context of Indiana Jones just really kind of failing at the box office recently. So after – yeah, exactly. After failing the box office, they want to convert that to an Indiana Jones Park, I or at I least a section enjoyed, of the park. I enjoy Animal Kingdom because it's not, you know, as Disney-fied, chaotic Disney-fied. as Disney is. You know, Magic Kingdom or Epcot or anything else. It's this little oasis where, you know, you can go on kind of a fun safari trip. Yeah, well, it is the slowest of the park, so there's that, right? You know, it's not as busy. They did add the Avatar area, and they have this section of the park that you may or may not have gone to, but it's kind of a dinosaur area. And it's got some kind of kitty dinosaur rides, and then it has one pseudo scary dinosaur ride that's kind of like the Indiana Jones mechanics of the ride in Disneyland, where you're in a jeep vehicle and you're going through and you're traveling through time. But anyway, they were looking at killing that area and redoing it with something. Hmm. But it's just it's interesting for Disney to come out and say, "Hey, we may be <laughs> changing a part of the park into this." Are they is, are they hoping for mass amounts of support or, or feedback? Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, let's just kind of test this, right? Yeah. I mean, this reminds me of the scene in Elf where they're sitting around the table, and it's like, anyone else have any ideas? You know, what about a tribe of <laughs> asparagus school children yeah. who are uh, self conscious <laughs> about the way their pee smells? I mean, I feel like that's where Disney is right now. Yeah, well, uh, anyway, it's uh it, it's a challenge, right? And they the parks are super busy with the exception of the one. They're looking for something to fill it in with and anyway, I And yeah, I can just, get that. Now, I before I go to Disney again, I want to go to Universal. I want to see um and I haven't been to the Harry Potter World. Oh, it's great. Both of them. Yeah. Um uh, they did a great job. And when you're in there, you really feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm like right here in front of Hogwarts or I'm in Diagon Alley. Like mm. just a, whoever did that design and created that, spot on. The rides are fantastic. Really awesome job. And they're building a brand new park out in Florida. Are so they? Universal is a, a brand new theme park. And so some of it's been rumored and – you know, I think some people have a kind of a good idea of what they're putting in there, but it's going to be a brand new park, and it's going to hopefully open in the next couple of years. So, are they, we'll see what they a do. brand new park as in an expansion? No, are they closing the other one or a just, whole new whole new theme like, park? Okay, yeah. So, and it, yeah, it's kind of right next to the other one. So they have all of their, you know, they have the two parks right now, mm-hmm. and they have their hotels and their water park. So yeah, they're building a brand new one. So. That's, yeah. i, I got to get down there. But they've done a good job recently. We're hoping to get out to California sometime soon and go see the new Super Mario Brothers area and land that they've mm. added to that. So anyway, right. they're spending money on these parks. And people are spending money to go to <laughs> these parks. they're spending so. a lot of money to go to these parks. If I had the money, I would create a Parks and Rec park. From the show? I just wanted to say Parks and Park. Ah. <laughs>
Yeah, that was that was that a bad failed. Deliver. Yep, <laughs> swing and a miss, much like the Broncos' latest loss. Uh, we're not going to talk about. No, sports. we're not. We're not going to talk we're talking about, about that. the buffs. We're not going to talk about. Sports. Oh gosh, yeah, boy. We're, let's let's not talk about. Uh, we've we've got two minutes left. So fables, the graphic novel series, the uh, DC was going to adapt at least some of them, and the author, he felt like DC was strong-arming him. So in the biggest middle-finger move of all time, he put fables in public domain, which means anyone can use fables for anything without being sued by him or anyone else. You can do whatever you want with fables. Now, DC is fighting back because he has signed a contract with them they're trying to make sure that it's not in public domain, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, How we'll have it... to have to follow that one, right? So obviously, it's going to hinge on what sort of agreements they had and what con- yeah. kind of con- contractual obligations they had. But if they have rights to the property, even if they don't release anything ever, that's that's their right. And I don't know if they do or don't. Or well, they know, would they... they would have their own rights, but you know. Disney has the rights to Mickey Mouse, but if Mickey Mouse was in, you know, public domain, then we could make a Mickey Mouse movie without having to worry about interesting. Disney suing sort us. of like Sony owning Spider Man and Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Acquiring, how does that work? Borrowing the rights, I borrowing, think. <laughs> yeah, agreeing, so, yeah. agreeing to produce something jointly. Yeah. So basically, huh. what he said is, if you're not going to play ball with me, or if you're going to strong arm me. I'm just going to make it available to everybody. So it's going to hmm. be left up to the courts, but I'm... They'll side with Disney. And yeah. Well, I mean, that's what Congress did for Walt Disney with Mickey Mouse. Well, yeah, that's true. They do keep extending that, and the studios do keep, you know, their, their property is not in the public domain because Congress keeps extending that, which kind of sucks, but... This is why we can't know. write our own Star Wars. Yeah, because... Wow. Uh, uh, copyright law is different for music and movies. No one's cracking down countries. on all these fan fiction sites, but you start making money off of it. and yep. Yeah. You, once you get one of the lawyers looking at you. That's it. It's over. Oi. Well, right, we Emilio, go. thank you so much. Ah, Tune in next week for an all-new nerd show. Nerdians, you stay nerdy.